Hey guys, and welcome back to We're Just Talking. Here we are sitting here on a beautiful, glorious Tuesday night, uh, a little bottle of wine, and we do have an interesting topic for you guys tonight. Uh, we've Our prior episodes, we've kind of leading up to it, and uh, we were skeptical about doing it, but I guess, you know, we figured, eh, what the hell, why not? So Carly, you want to go ahead and get into what we're going to be talking about tonight? Not really, but I guess given the atmosphere, I think it's important that we talk about the election and politics and kind of what our choices are leading up to this election. You know, I say that that I don't want to talk about it because it's an uncomfortable topic. I think it forces a divide between a lot of families, friends. Certainly social media is a place where, you know, during an election year it becomes hostile. So um, we just kind of wanted to touch on the hot button issues, kind of have a friendly conversation, you know, not, we were going to try and stay as neutral as we can. I think you guys probably have a pretty good idea where we fall in terms of personal belief, but, you know, we want to try and offer as neutral as possible, you know, all the issues, lay them all out for everybody and kind of uh, give everybody a framework for which to base their voting on. This episode will probably release, it will release on the 26th of October, which puts you just over a week out from election day. I know here in New Jersey, there's mail-in ballots and absentee ballots and things of that nature. Um, There's no in-person voting per se, but everybody was given a mail ballot that we had to fill out and then drop off. And you can drop that ballot up until election day, um, so long as it's postmarked by election day. I know different states have different protocols and some states are doing in-person voting, some aren't. But yeah, it's, it's good to be aware of what your state's uh, voting protocol is first and foremost. Yeah, so um, most of you probably already know kind of like where Carly and I lie in regards to our political beliefs and kind of like who we're leaning towards. That's kind of no secret. And we know that some of our friends and listeners out there have, you know, different opinions and, and lean a different way. And I want to just make it very clear that that is completely fine. As a, as a matter of fact, I hope that we didn't lose viewers already, <clears throat> excuse me, or listeners at the beginning of this. I hope that um, especially those listeners who have different, you know, perspectives and opinions and ideas are still listening to this because I think that it's important as like as Americans and as people of this world that we can have an intelligent civil conversation in regards to our beliefs and our views and not be at each other's necks and throats constantly uh, in regards to you're wrong and and, and I'm wrong and this person's horrible and that person's horrible like there's too much people bashing going on and it's unhealthy and it shouldn't be how it is but unfortunately it is how it is and there's a lot of radicalism going on a lot of hate being shown right now and that's not obviously what we are we want to have an intelligent and peaceful conversation with someone else who has contradicting uh, views and beliefs. That's kind of like what we do as as people of the United States and it's supposed to be a civilized manner. And yeah, so that's kind of like what we're hoping to do right now with with the idea of this of this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you know, take what you can away from it. And then, you know, what obviously you disagree with. Hey, you know what? That's cool. Let us know. Message us um, on Instagram. Let us know. You know what? Um, I liked your guys episode or I, or I hated it. But this is this is how I feel about it, and this is my viewpoint. This is why, like, completely, completely fine. And that's honestly how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to respect each other's opinions and views. Yeah, and I think it's important to get out and vote and exercise your right to vote, regardless of you know. I'm not that, that's not a you know dog whistle for only certain types of voters. You know, I think that every American should exercise the right to vote. I think they should educate themselves on all the policies that are on at play here. And I think that you know we're employing these people ultimately. You know, we're employing the people that are in Congress. We're employing the president of the United States, vice president, all cabinet members, things of that nature. So um, it's important, you know, to have a say in what your quote unquote employees are doing and who's going to be running the show here. So the only way to do that is to get out and vote. Like I said, check out your state specific voting rules, registration. I know some states allow registration at the ballot box or at the voters booth. And then some other some other jurisdictions and states require, you know, advanced registration. So we want to keep an eye on that. Obviously, by the time this podcast comes out, it's going to be 
probably pass the deadline for registration. But regardless, um, I'm hoping that we can kind of reach, you know, some people who are on the fence about even, you know, engaging in this type of discourse and just kind of put all the issues on the table for those that are interested in hearing about it in as unbiased a way as we can. So first and foremost, I think it's important to talk about kind of what's at stake here. So uh, as everybody knows, you know, the last election year was 2016, the last presidential election year, excuse me, was 2016. Donald Trump was voted in largely by the Electoral College. Uh, He did not win the popular vote. And uh, that's nobody's fault. You know, that's just the status of voting laws at that time. You know, there was a very clear system. It was the Electoral College system. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But that's the way that it goes. And that's how he won. So, you know, a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I've talked to, um, the appeal of Donald Trump is, you know, he's not a politician, quote unquote. He's, you know, a businessman or he's, you know, going to drain the swamp, so to speak. Um, So I think that that was the initial draw. You know, you had somebody kind of in the race that wasn't your typical politician that you've seen kind of move up the ranks through Congress and move up, you know, have a career of, of politics, kind of like Joe Biden does. You know, he's been in politics for decades, for better or for worse. But yeah, that's been the appeal from what I've heard the most about is that, you know, he's a straight shooter. He's, I mean, obviously that's debatable. He's a straight shooter. He's a non-politician and, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna tell it like it is and he's gonna, he's gonna bring a breath of fresh air to um, the political landscape, so to speak. So I'm interested to hear, uh, you know, if people still feel that way about Donald Trump because you know, a lot of things that have transpired over the course of his first term shows a lot of congressional manipulation in the form of, you know, Mitch McConnell and and, and other certain prominent congressional figureheads kind of manipulating him to doing what the Republican Party wants or what the extreme conservatives want. Um, you know, there's been a very specific agenda and I don't, and, and to Donald Trump's credit, I don't know that that's entirely his agenda. It feels like a lot of the time it's, it's the Republican Party's agenda that's being pushed forward through the mouthpiece of Trump. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but I'm interested to hear. The other thing that seemed to be a draw for Trump voters was um, the economy. You know, everybody said, you know, let this, let this, let this man run the country like a business. Um, You know, he's a businessman. Let him run the country like a business. That's the way it should be. Do I necessarily agree with that? No. Is that necessarily how it went down? No. But ultimately that was his promise. And um, I think that's what drew in voters uh, the first time around. The second time around, which Julian can attest to, you know, you're seeing a lot of flipping of Republican voters or 2016 Trump voters to either some sort of independent vote or a vote for Joe Biden. You know, a couple of prominent Republicans have voiced their support for Joe Biden. You know, I think it's helpful that he's a career politician for that purpose. You know, Julian and I will will be the first to say that, you know, he wasn't our first choice candidate, but he ended up winning the ticket. And I think right now his political career is helping him um, garner the support of Republicans that ordinarily would have voted for Trump or, or the Republican candidate. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that as well. And I do know, especially well, I did see a documentary on this before, but I do know that um, when Donald Trump first started running in 2016, <clears throat> to be honest, he drew in the most attention because of his rallies, quote unquote, his his rallies were, uh, I guess, to a to a, someone whose mind is attracted to a person like Donald Trump. Um, they were entertained by him, by his speeches, by his um, comic-like references, quote-unquote. They were just drawn in by him over any other Republican candidate. Uh, I remember they, they compared a Donald Trump rally. I'm going to call it a rally. Let that word sink in with you. A Donald Trump rally over another Republican
Republican conference and the Donald Trump rally drew more attention from people due to the fact that it was ran like a rally. So again, a lot of people were drawn in, sucked in by him, by his, um, uh, I don't even want to say persuasive ways, but his um, pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, By his showmanship. Right. By his demeanor. And it, you know, unfortunately it took the the minds of a lot of people who um, need that type of entertainment. So yeah, naturally uh, they were drawn to Donald Trump for that reason, whether they even knew anything about him, whether he even liked him really or not. I think originally they were drawn in by that. And a lot of people at that time made up their mind and they were biased going through the other Republican candidates going even through the Democratic candidate at the time. That's what I've seen. I've also seen people who, again, quote unquote, are Trump supporters who are like, well, you know, like I got to I got to do what's best for me. I got to vote what's best for me. Uh, And that's and that's completely fine. Uh, As you know, as an American, you have that right to do that. Some people want to vote. I'm going to do what's best for me and my family. But some then other people are like, well, you know what? I kind of want to do what's best for the country as a whole or, you know, what's maybe better for the world. All all good. Again, it doesn't matter. Whatever your reason is, um, it nothing's right. Nothing's wrong but um i think that when it comes down to it in 2016 it was kind of like all right well you know what like i'm a republican quote unquote so i'm gonna go ahead and vote for the republican candidate i don't care who it is i don't want those democrats in whatever that that's the stuff i heard okay got you four years later carly mentioned this before there's a lot of republicans that now change their mind about allowing this man to stay in office in as the president of the united states i think that uh from from what's gone on uh recently again um you know with the divide in this country and a lot of the hate coming out and the fact that you have white supremacist terrorist groups that support the current president of the United States. I think that says something and that's an issue. Yeah. You, you, you know, so I think again, like, you, you know, people, they have their reasoning. Some of them still believe that he is for the people, that he's a good man, that he just gets, you know, gets just ridiculed and destroyed. Or really, he's, he's a good man. Like, my question to you is, do you truly believe Donald Trump gives a flying fuck about it? anybody other than himself which includes everyone in this country you you know you have a lot of people i'm gonna say you have a lot of middle class people as well that are hardcore trump supporter and it's like you do understand that you're being played right like there is nothing that he's gonna do for you as a middle class person yeah well because you just said that i think the middle class sees superficially what he's quote unquote done you know he his 2007 tax uh tax laws lowered tax bills for for a lot of middle incomes but it disproportionately benefited the richest people in this country. So if you're good with that, I mean, as and it come, it kind of goes with the with the mindset of like, well, as long as I get what I need, I really don't care what happens outside my bubble. So like, if you're good with getting your, if you're one of the most middle class, you know, however many percentage of middle class families that were positively affected by the tax law, and you don't care that it disproportionately benefited, you know, the top two percent, that's fine. I mean, that that and that's gonna be how you vote. But I think it's just important to be aware of that, you know. When you have a president that's not willing to tax the rich, it's a hot button issue. It really is. A lot of people think that a flat tax would solve the problem. A lot of people think that, you know, these these multi-billionaires earn their money and they should be able to keep it for the most part. So any kind of tax tax law that benefits them isn't hurting necessarily the middle class, but it's taking away from what could be used towards government programs. It's certainly hurting the lower class. But again, like you, like you said, if you only care about what's happening to you, then I guess that's outside of your horse blind. Right. 
and to add to what you were saying as well, like some people think right now, currently, that the Democrats want to take away capitalism and want to introduce socialism. So let's be clear on that. That's not true at all. Right. The United States of America is a capitalist economy. Unfortunately. Um, that is who we are. That is what we do. I think where the divide is, is again, a lot of the right is, well, you know what, like the hell with you, I'm going to get mine. And some people who support that think, yeah, you know what, like Carly just said, well, you know what, if you make billions, right, like why, like that's that's the American dream. You know, you're, you're just a capitalist. Why should you get punished for that? It's not being punched for that. It's just the fact that, well, this person makes a lot more money than maybe my, than we do or you do. So like, why shouldn't they pay more taxes? Why, yeah. why should you, why should your taxes, you know, given a, a ratio difference, why should your taxes actually be more than the person making billions of dollars? Again, if you're okay with that, cool. I mean, you may see, oh, well, you know what? If, if they're saving money on taxes, that's just more revenue or that's just more jobs are going to open up for people like me. That comes down to the, the person that you're talking about because most of the time, nine times, nine times out of 10, these corporate bigwigs like that, they're just going to take their billion dollar bonus and then they're going to, you know, have you're scraps for the it. workforce. Yeah. Have scraps for the people who are on the front lines, run the business, right? Making things happen. So yeah, I, th- that's honestly like, you know, uh, one of the mo- things that upset me the most is people thinking that Joe Biden is going to introduce socialism. No, yeah. And that's not it's quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Yeah. And some people are, you know, get get all upset and raged when they say stuff like, well, you know, we're going to look into options for maybe free community college. Maybe maybe free in-state college, you know, this, and this is how we're going to, ta- this is who we're going to tax in order to make that possible. I don't understand why anyone is upset about that. That's a good thing. Well, That's, yeah. You know? and, and I think part of understanding that is understanding that billionaires don't become billionaires just from working hard themselves. Like it, it's just not possible. If you can like wrap your mind around how much money a billion dollars is, you can then understand that the human cost that's associated with that. I mean, it's just, it's just the fact of the matter. It's just factual, but and it's true. The other thing is a flat tax sounds good in theory, but when you apply a flat tax to, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, now this is just totally a made up figure, but let's say you apply a 50% marginal tax rate above a certain amount of income for somebody making, you know, let's say the $100,000, okay, in New Jersey, $100,000 in New Jersey, 50% of that gets taxed. But then again, you know, well, I'm still taxing the guy that makes a million dollars, 50%. The difference there is the person that was making $100,000 is now making $50,000, which is barely livable in New Jersey. The guy making a million dollars, you know, taxed at 50% is now making $500,000, which is a very good living in New Jersey. So there, therein lies the problem. There's socioeconomic impact factors that need to be considered. And it's just not as simple as, you know, applying the same tax percentage to everyone. It's just not the same. So so there's flaws there. And again, that could be a whole other episode on its own. But yeah, that's a, that's a reason I've heard for Donald Trump supporters, you know, and, and like I said, you know, if you're happy with the way that the the 2017 tax laws impacted you and you you really don't care about what goes on outside of your tax return, then that's fine. I mean, that's you vote according to that. It's great. The other thing that and we're kind of just going through all the promises that Trump made at the very beginning of his presidency. He promised to cut regulations. Now, that's a big Republican platform to kind of less government, right? So, you know, reducing regulation is always something that uh, the Republican Party wants, and it appeals very much to conservatives to have less government intervention across the board. Trump, in his defense, fulfilled that promise in the drastic cuts to environmental protection rules. So the regulations that he did cut are what's going to be the reason 
why we're all floating around on rafts by 2050 and there's not gonna be any landmass left because of global warming so take it for what it i mean yeah like he he cut regulation yes he did but he also took away pandemic relief that would have been critical during this time and not not to interrupt but just to chime in on that as well pandemic relief he took away the team the environmental yes the international team that goes down and tracks down these pandemics right tries to figure figure out ways to stop them at their source he got rid of it yeah before it was almost like right like COVID 19 so um it's almost like a satire like he got rid of it and then this happened so yeah (laughs) uh think about that also yeah i mean it was just like like poetic justice i want to say but not in a positive way like you know he cut that thinking that it wasn't going to be needed anytime during his term at least and because let's be real i mean he's thinking about his term and nowhere else so he didn't think that he thought okay you know what are the odds of a cholera outbreak or whatever you know whatever kind of like dormant disease that we've we've got a vaccination for and then all of a sudden covid happens and we could have really used that task force to kind of get to the bottom of this and and contain it the world could have really used that task True. force yeah you know what and we have to think outside of just the united states of america i know there are some people here who have never left the united states of america <laughs> but i'm, I'm going to tell you right now there's a whole other world out there yeah. with different cultures and ideology and civilizations and it's great so like maybe open up your mind a little bit to that this is in 1940 all right when you know there's a world world war going on and u.s is like nah i'm good i'm just gonna stay here and mind my damn business and then look how that turned out so right kind of tangentially a big hot button issue this election is the affordable care act for those of you who are not familiar with the affordable care act it's a piece of legislation that went in during obama's presidency that allows for everybody to obtain health care regardless of pre-existing conditions and regardless of employment uh you know it, it was certainly not perfect i was actually on an Affordable Care Act plan uh, when I was first out of law school because I was kind of in between getting a job and, you know, taking the bar and this and that. And I was too old to be a cobra on my parents you know i was older than 26 and i had this weird time that uh that i was that i was uninsured for all intents and purposes but the affordable care act came through and i was able to kind of log on and get a plan that would cover me granted i didn't really use it that much because i was young healthy you know still young healthy i didn't really need it too much but you know i i'm of the mind that you know you're you're better safe than sorry when it comes to health care so i had a plan it certainly was costly um you know it certainly had its downfalls but it was available to me and i think that's what's important because you go to an insurance company totally in the regular market and you say you know i'm a 26 27 year old female you know i need health care this that i need you to cover hospital stays i need you to cover emergency room i need you to cover all these things they're going to give you a policy that's going to be you know fifteen hundred two thousand dollars a month at least okay so the affordable care act at least was was moving towards affordable health care for all and like i said it, it had its flaws you know it it needed to be tweaked and, ch- and changed and but that's the nature of the beast Donald Trump came in and said that he was going to repeal and replace it with something even better. So fact check, Donald Trump has not repealed the Affordable Care Act despite repeated attempts on the government floor, but he was successful in taking away parts of the ACA. He was able to weaken some of the protections for discrimination and pre-existing conditions. He shortened the enrollment periods to get enrolled in an Affordable Care Act plan, and he raised uh, premiums for millions of people that were relying on the Affordable Care Act. So there, there's there been jabs in this and that, but as a whole, he hasn't been able to repeal it. And he also hasn't put forth a, a health care plan that's cognizable. I mean, nobody has heard anything about it. So I think the plan was to just get rid of it and just say, okay, 
That's it. There, there is no plan. Yeah, there's they, no plan. They, they just wanted they wanted these corporate insurance companies to just run it. Right. You know, corporate greed. Yeah. So this one and this kind of blends, like all of these topics kind of blend one into another. So the Affordable Care Act is coming up on certiorari before the Supreme Court of the United States. They're going to be looking at the constitutionality of the statute coming up. So now we've got to talk about Supreme Court seats. Uh, we recently suffered the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a huge role model for me as a female lawyer. She was a civil rights advocate before becoming a justice on the Supreme Court in, I believe it was 1993. She was nominated by Bill Clinton and she was confirmed by an overwhelming majority. 96 to 3 and then there was one person that didn't vote. But yeah, overwhelming majority confirmed her. She passed away of complications arising from cancer. She was really sick for a long time, but she powered through it. She's kind of known for that. But now we're faced with an empty Supreme Court seat mere weeks before the election and now the Senate is trying to jam through a Republican candidate. Extremely conservative judge, you know, arguably qualified in terms of intelligence and credentials, arguably not qualified um, in terms of the way in which she got nominated. You know, it, it smells kind of like uh, Trump was trying to get a feel for if she would if she would vote against the Affordable Care Act if it were brought up on hearing. And, and that was kind of what swayed him to put her up for the nomination. That, of course, is just a sort of conspiracy theory because it hasn't been confirmed or denied by anyone you know of course during these hearings people ask like they've never heard of anything that you're asking them because that's the easy way out and that's true for everyone anytime anybody's put up for something like that they're very careful about what they say but yeah so we're looking at a per and that's a lifetime appointment so you know this election is going to affect us beyond way beyond just the next four years or you know, even the next four years after that. So the the court is going to tilt conservative now. A lot of people think that the protections afforded by Roe v. Wade and other court cases that guarantee civil rights to certain protected groups uh, are going to be under attack because of this. So I encourage you, and again, Supreme Court nominations and Supreme Court, everything can be uh, can be d- discussed at length in a full episode. But I suggest that anybody that's getting ready to vote, hasn't voted yet, or is still considering their options, they read up on that. They kind of see what's going on. There's a lot of, you know, hypocritical behavior happening here in the Senate. President Obama tried to push through a Supreme Court justice to fill Antonin Scalia's seat about eight months or even more than that, maybe 10 months before the election in 2016. And Senate Republicans stopped him from doing that, saying that it would be unfair for the the public not to get a chance to vote first before putting that person on on a lifetime appointment. And now here we are, of course. So and and they're doing the very same thing that they said that that was just unconscionable back in uh, back in 2016. But yeah, it's something to consider. You know, you want to read about it. You want to see, uh, you know, and, and certainly, I mean, for us, like Julian and I, like my rights aren't necessarily going to be affected by this, but I, I happen to care beyond that. So, you know, I, I, I can't fathom gay marriage being stricken down. I can't, I can't fathom Roe v. Wade being struck down. I can't fathom uh, a country that goes back to having nothing in terms of affordable health care for Americans. So I, I'm okay with keeping the Affordable Care Act as long as we can kind of progressively move towards something even better. But certainly if Donald Trump has a, uh, you know, healthcare plan that he's deemed to be the best thing that our country's ever seen, I'm all ears. You know, I'm all ears for nationwide healthcare for the citizens. So that's that. Like I said, this is going to be a tight election, I think. And I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember if, I, if I've if i done enough research on this, but I think they said that it's going to take longer to find out the results, right? Because of the mail-in votes and because of the way states count them. Yeah. I mean, I heard something like that. I mean, election day itself is still what, November 3rd? 
third. Yes. So I don't know if we're going to get results like we did on the previous election almost immediately or if it will take longer for all the results to come in. I will say it's kind of unsettling knowing that, you know, there's so many different ways people are voting. I could definitely see if so happened to be that the Biden administration ended up actually winning. I could see the Trump administration pulling some uh, shady shit like they've been doing and uh, somehow try to fight it or say it's not accurate or, you know, right. like, as the current president said, won't go down peacefully. Right. Stand back and stand by. Yeah, stand back and stand by for sure. You know, but to, to add to, again, what Carly was saying, like, you know, and, and again, there may be people listening right now going, you're so wrong, you're so wrong, you're so wrong. And that, and again, that's fine. But like, we're all interested in intelligent discourse. R- we are. Right. But again, like the way we see it, and maybe we are wrong, but the current administration and the, with the current police and the current party and the current person they have trying has to- Has failed. Trying to go, yeah, it has failed. But also the current person trying to get into it, the Supreme, Supreme Court now, like w- w- I see all these hardcore women who support Trump. And again, that's fine. But tell me, please tell me why when your your rights as a woman are being now threatened to have full control and decision making over your own body, that's being threatened. Uh, you know, gay marriage is, is, is being threatened as well. I don't understand, you know, why it, it, anyone cares. Who cares? You know, you know like, like what I mean is like gay marriage is such a hard topic with the conservatives that are, that are quote unquote against it. But it's like, yeah. but why do you care? Well, because they tend to meddle church and state. Okay, but that's... <laughs> completely irrelevant and it's it's not even real so and if it is real i'm sure that that is 100 percent allowed you know i could be wrong who knows but what i'm saying is as americans as united states we like to say that we're the home of the free land you know home of the free where where we're freedom and america right america america freedom our freedoms right now in 2020 are are actually being taken away with the current administration so i want you guys to think real hard about that you maybe you're not fully affected by it maybe you don't see it that way again we encourage you to reach out to us and and speak your mind but again this is the way we see it i i I see it as progress and i've mentioned this many times and episodes before i'm all about progress and progressing it's 2020 and we really have people with the mentality of it's 1750 1776 like what's wrong with you like it's 2000 it's 2020 it's called progress to be progressive to move on with time and ideologies that tend to change i think it was brought up that you know some within our government we have the ideologies that were, you know, and methods that were created in the 1700s, and it's 2020, and people don't want to move on for that. Like it's like, uh, we have to, or else, guess what? We're not gonna, we're not gonna survive. We're not gonna make it. And that's another reason why we're kind of where we are right now with this country. I see a president right now who encourages hate, who encourages divide. All right, he likes to talk about democratic-led cities being uh, anarchist cities. He wants to cut funding for that. Like that's not what a president does. A president right. leads. A president's right. supposed to unite, not divide. And what I've heard from Joe Biden, you know, again, like like Carl said, maybe he wasn't our first choice, but guess what? He's our choice now. Uh, he's the best option that we believe we have for this country, especially moving forward joe biden says i will i'm gonna i'm gonna work for every american i'm gonna be your president mm-hmm. whether you whether you voted for me or against yeah. me it doesn't matter you and know? that sounds and you know admittedly that sounds like a shtick that sounds like a politician's you know shtick but i i mean i from what i can see and i have a pretty good bullshit meter you know just in terms of human being i mean joe biden just seems to be a more compassionate human being than donald trump and again there are people out there that don't care about having compassion for others and that's fine that's fine then you cast your vote 
vote for Trump. That's great. Fine. But I care, like I care to have somebody that's in office that at least, you know, is trying to put forward an effort of trying to at least appear like he's an ally, appear, you know, instead of, you know, if you don't blindly follow me, I'm going to publicly humiliate you and condemn you. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of being gracious for what they've been afforded in their political careers. Just to briefly touch on Joe Biden as a presidential candidate, he was the Democratic favorite from the beginning, favorite rather. And I, I mean, like I said, I he has he has a pretty good track record. I I mean the buzz the buzz phrase I guess you could say for the um for the Trump administration is that you know he's been in politics for you know however many years and he hasn't gotten anything done. I mean I think what you need to patently understand there is during the entire Obama administration the Congress was run by Republicans. So in order to get anything done. He he had to get approval from the party that was trying to prevent him from doing everything he wanted to do. So the same thing goes for Joe Biden. You know, his career kind of went through ebbs and flows of Republican control versus Democrat control, Republican control versus Democrat control. So he was limited in the sense of what he could do when the Congress was in the hands of the Republicans. Now, I'm certainly not saying that's right because, you know, I would love to live in a world where people are just doing the right thing rather than just adhering to what their party wants them to do. But it, it is is what it is. I mean, and it, it's just factually inaccurate to characterize Joe Biden's career as as for not, so to speak. I mean, we're, we're just kind of in a tough spot. And I just encourage everybody to get out and vote, read about the election. And the other thing is you're going to have on your ballot a bunch of different candidates for a bunch of different positions. Now, like I just said, you don't, I, I mean, no matter what you think, you don't have to adhere every single vote to one party. None of us have to do that. So, you know, maybe you want to vote for a Republican senator, but you want to vote for Biden or you want to vote for whomever whomever down the line uh on the republican side but still vote biden for president or, or vice versa you want to vote for trump but you want a Demo- i don't know how you would ever want that <laughs> vote for trump but you want a democratic senator or something like that but you know it, it's all something to think about and i think that people all too often just go down their ballot and they're like i'm gonna vote for this party because that's just what i've been conditioned to do and i just can i just would advise everybody to learn 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 the resources are out there you know there's certainly i think one of the most helpful ways to do it is to just listen to different streams of media. You know, you want to listen, certainly all media is biased. So you want to listen to, you know, conservative media, liberal media, like listen to it all and kind of hear your, hear your news from different places and just kind of see where you fall, like, you know, where your ideology falls. You know, I can only take so much of certain uh, news channels, but I, I do try to look and see what their perspectives are so that I can better understand at least where some of my colleagues that think differently than I do are, are, are falling and, and why they think think the way they do yeah and, and for this election in particular too don't even think about it as oh it's republicans versus democrats like honestly like it it, it really isn't it's almost like the united states of america versus the current asshole we have in office <laughs> creating hate and divide within this country so much for being unbiased yeah yeah so, i mean yeah i mean and again a, a lot of people are, it's funny too like with me as well people think oh because you know you're you're a veteran i i assume that you're a republican i assume that you love donald trump right as so many veterans do but i will also say there are a lot of veterans who do not support that man there are a lot of 
veterans who do lean left. I was raised by, you know, a very, very middle class mother and father who, you know, they were, you know, grew up democratic. Um, I kind of raised to be, to have more democratic views. But I also, there was a point in my life when I was a idiot teenager um, in which I had no views. Even when I was in my early 20s in the army, in the military, my views were very limited. I didn't think that my opinion or vote would matter coming to find out years later. No, it actually does. And I was surrounded by, for the most part, I think a lot of my friends had more right views. I think they believe that the Republican Party did more for the military and for them than the Democratic Party. In my in my experience, I didn't really see too much of a difference from either or right. under, under the Bush administration or even under the Obama administration. Yeah, you um, personally, you mean? Yeah. Me, me personally. But as I, you know, again, got older and, you know, in the, there was even a time where I was like, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I do lean right. Maybe I am. I consider more of a Republican than a Democrat. Maybe I am not really knowing, not really knowing anything, but, you know, being young and being surrounded by my friends who were all, I would say all of them for the most part were right. We're Republican. Obviously, I, you know, continue to learn and grow and develop as a person and then come to find out. No, I, I do align with the left side. I agree in a uh, modern progressive um, government. I agree in progressive mentality when it comes to your rights as people, as gender, as races. I, I believe that the American dream is supposed to be all about progress and actually be about equality and being about moving forward and never looking back. And I think that current administration, their ideology is they don't want to move forward. They want to stay back in the old times when they believe America was was great, quote unquote. You know what? Like if, if that's what you align with, if you align with those I, I, ideologies, I mean, cool. Again, you, that is completely your opinion. But, uh, you know, when it gets down to it, it's like, so you don't think that women should have the choice to do what they want with their bodies? Um, you know, you don't believe that. And we, we hit this already. You know, uh, homosexuals uh, can't get married. Um, you know, you don't agree in racial equality as well. Uh, you, you know you know what I mean? Like that that's kind of what I get from a, a Trumper. Not to offend anybody here, but like that's what yeah. I get. And I and, and you could you could be a Trumper and come at me like, no, I do. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of like what I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah. that someone says, no, change no. my mind. Yeah. Not even change my mind. But I'm hope, I'm hoping I do get someone come out and says that tells me, yeah, no, I am a Trumper, but I agree with this or I agree with that or I don't. You know what I mean? Like let, let me know where you think. And especially as a woman, like I see a lot of radical women who like this, who love this man. Yeah. And it's like, but they want to take away your rights. So yeah, are we all just well? I delusional guess or? I guess the way that, but that that comes down to the egocentric part of it, where you know a lot of the women that you might talk to are married women who have had two children, and you know if they were to you know get pregnant again or or need birth control or whatever it is, they would have no problem with getting access to it. So they don't see, you know what I mean? They don't see beyond their own circumstance. I find, and again, you're well within your right to vote that way, you know. So if you're like, well, that doesn't doesn't affect me so why do I care fine fine but own it is what I ask you know just own it own up to it I, I don't like hiding under this cloak of oh well you know that's not really how things are like that is how things are so and you're perfectly fine with that great but own up to it I think that that's I think you owe that to other Americans just to just to own that that stance yeah I completely agree and then again, think about this way too people like to say not comparing the current administration to actual Nazi Germany or the actual Third Reich but 
I kind of am. <laughs> and the reason why I said it is th- people like to say, well, I can't believe how, you know, Hitler was able to, you know, take over Germany like that. And, and, and th- like, like, just I, how? Uh, honestly, just look at Trump's rallies. And there you go. That's how. Right. The same people, the same type of rants. Right. He, that's how. Like, yeah. And people aren't going to like that. But really think about it. If you have an open mind, you'll think about it and think about how, holy shit, like, that's that's kind of true. The, yeah. the radicalism. Yeah. Extreme. The extreme radicalism. So another four years with this man. If you think that can't happen again, think if you think here in the United States that could never happen, it could definitely happen. And yeah. myself and Carly have have gone over uh, the Supreme Court, have gone over all things that could potentially make it happen. And you, you just yeah, you just have to be, like keep in mind that all these things are 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 very real. Yes, and if you have never seen The Handmaid's Tale, which we've <laughs> spoken about before, it's a great show. If you think that it's cannot happen for now <laughs> if you think that cannot actually happen think again yeah. it can definitely happen and it's all about who you put in power and who you vote for so yeah. if you're cool with that then shit by all means rock and roll more power to you well i mean i really hope that it doesn't i mean i hope we're in for change that's what i want but before we wrap up i just wanted to read off some of these veterans you know things that benefit veterans from the biden campaign which i i found these some of these interesting i didn't know a lot of them there's a plan to fill vacancies in the department of veterans department of veteran affairs increase wages for those employees in order to be competitive with the private sector i mean i think that's great and that's difficult to do i mean that's a tall order but making a government program you know pay their employees competitive with the private sector is very difficult to do but you're also garnering i think in that scenario you're garnering a higher talent pool because you're getting veterans from the military who have been trained a certain way so you get to benefit from that training R- you know right. what i'm saying right. no that, that, that's a good one i like to call it out too from other veterans out there you can probably attest to this but for um you know people who are not they probably don't realize that the military deals with a lot of different civilian organizations on a daily basis outside of even the va and let's just say most of these organizations do have a lot of ex have a lot of vets in themselves but the culture of a lot of these organizations makes it very difficult for the military to do what they need to do because honestly a lot of them are rude mm-hmm. uneducated assholes right mm-hmm. and you're like how did this, this person even have a job well that well that's why because right. they're underpaid they're undervalued yeah. they're not given anything to to grow onto and they'll you know the, that culture was allowed to to be like that especially towards the military right you know yeah and i think there's a lot of focus and the on the biden platform on military mental health and services for that i think and you and i have talked about this before i think that there is a gap that needs to be filled in terms of onboarding veterans into the civilian lifestyle after their service in the military i mean you know you went through it personally but i think any funding or any kind of programs that would benefit the veteran in terms of mental health and you know you guys know how we feel about mental health so you know i think it's really important and i think that ptsd is prevalent in military veterans and i think that anything that could help mitigate that or help treat that or help you know uh, even therapy programs things like that telehealth to help get those issues resolved uh, i think is great and i think i think it gets overlooked a lot even though it's a huge part of the military you know i mean disabled veterans is it's a huge thing as you know and as as most people know but the biden campaign has has a plan to fix it and has a plan to help out with uh with stuff like that yeah so i think uh you well, know that's also the key right there you said the biden campaign has a plan and the current <laughs> camp the current administration doesn't does not you can and- look it up that there is isn't a plan there isn't a, a platform no and if and i'm sure if anyone here saw the debates when asked that question there was there was no answer yeah like you can google like you know. what is donald trump's 
platform what platform is he running on for the 2020 election and it doesn't exist so yeah you have, you have take that for what it is it's some again some people are like well i like that about him okay yeah cool. great oh just, just own it <laughs> yeah you know just yeah. own it just i own mean it. that hasn't been working so well so and then and then if he does get reelected again and then this country continues to go down the shithole you know that's fine you know what happen is though people will they'll just blame on obama <laughs> or the yeah. democrats yeah which is fine <laughs> it's just fine yeah so uh i hope that we were able to provide some insight to you guys i know we said we weren't going to be biased and we ended up being a little biased so i'm sorry but i i really do strive to understand both sides and i really do want to hear from both sides so if any of you listen to this episode and you you think of anything that you might want to share with us we're listening always like i said we're always interested in intellectual discourse you can reach us at wjt podcast on instagram and wjt podcast at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you thanks guys for tuning in we cannot wait to get your feedback on this one really appreciate you and we're just talking perfect Hosted on dimlywit.com.